welcome everybody to the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host. Good to be along with you as always. Before we get to the political stuff, I want to give you the latest on uh, Tiger Woods. Another car crash, badly injured in this one. He was seen speeding from a hotel minutes before he overturned his SUV. And I'm looking at pictures of the SUV on, uh, on TMZ and it's like, how could anybody survive this? The whole front end is just demolished. And, uh, but he survived it. Now, as to how serious the injuries are, I guess they're very serious, especially to his legs. He, he's been working his way back into shape. I guess he injured his back. He's had some back issues. And now he's got some other issues. And, uh, but anyway, according to TMZ, uh, Tiger was staying at the hotel where the major TV network was, uh, a television show was being shot. And the director of the show arrived right before 7 a.m. Tiger was driving his SUV very fast as he was leaving the property, almost hit the director's car. So a crew member who saw Tiger as he got into his SUV at the hotel tells TMZ once Tiger got into his vehicle, there was delay in driving off. Somebody else, another vehicle was uh, loading luggage and Tiger didn't want to wait. He was, you know, impatient, agitated. You know, most people are that way. So the crew member said uh, Tiger got into his vehicle. Once the delay was over, he took off fast. So according to Golf Digest, they say Tiger was scheduled to arrive at Riviera Golf Course at 7.30 for a shoot. He was reportedly going to give Drew Brees lessons. Drew Brees, uh, quarterback for the uh, New Orleans Saints, is going to give Brees lessons. Not, not driving lessons, less <laughs> golf lessons. So that's the latest we have. Hopefully Tiger recovers. Uh, but he's had some issues with uh, motor vehicles before. The one thing I want to start with politically is what we had uh, this week in the New York State Legislature. Again, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I think I need to mention it, mention it if I'm going to talk about the Assembly or the Senate or at the state level or the governor. Uh, I work for the Assembly Republican Conference. So our conference had a joint press conference this week with the Senate Republicans and both conferences are calling for uh, Democrats in both houses to restore checks and balances to state government. We are three co-equal branches of government, judicial, executive, legislative. But since this COVID hit, the governor has been acting like uh, a monarch. And he didn't take that power, that po power, the extra executive authority was ceded to him by legislative Democrats. They said, well, you know, the, the governor is better able to uh, act more quickly. Some of these decisions have to be made quickly. Uh, you know, things get bogged down in the legislature. Let's give the governor executive uh, extra authority, extra constitutional authority. So they did that back in March of, of last year. Well, it's been almost a year and the governor is still hanging on to all this extra power. Now, he need, they, it needs to be taken from him because he's not going to willingly give it up. That's not who he is. So our conference has been calling for an investigation into the nursing home scandal. He underreported nursing home deaths. He is administration, Department of Health. Howard Zucker runs the uh, Department of Health. Our conference, back on May 7th, says there needs to be some kind of an investigation into this, an independent investigation. That was almost 10 months ago. Now the Senate's calling for an investigation. Republicans in the Senate, uh, Republicans in the Senate, not not Democrats, because they're protecting him. Here's a guy facing multiple criminal investigations. The FBI is looking into this. 
uh, the nursing home deaths. The uh, state attorney general's office, as you know, into the underreporting of, of uh, COVID deaths or nursing home deaths. The uh, Federal Department of Justice is looking into this, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District. And here's a guy, the governor, all these investigations, and he's unilaterally making decisions that affect over 19 million New Yorkers. How is this possible? Well, because he has help. He's getting protected by his fellow Democrats. Now, there was a week or so ago, I think it was about a week ago, 14 Democrats in the state Senate said, you know what? They support rescinding the governor's expanded powers. Let's let's rein him in. Now, that hasn't happened because they talk tough until the time comes for them to act, and then they, they get cold feet. Now, in our press conference yesterday, the leader of the Senate, Republican leader of the Senate, uh, Bob Ort, and our leader, uh, Will Barkley, in the Assembly, they said, look, we're going to introduce what's called a hostile amendment. Each house was going to introduce their version of a hostile amendment to put these Democrats on the record. The 14 Democrats in the Senate, if, if they indeed voted to rescind the governor's uh, expanded powers, then the Senate should be able to pass it. That's two more votes than they need to, to rein the governor back in. But I don't know if it happened, to be honest with you. I don't know what's happening in the Senate. I barely know what's happening in the Assembly. Uh, we introduced the hostile amendment, but we have only 43 members. The Democrats have 107, so they just shot it down. But again, no no, uh, no investigations other than the, uh, the one being called for by uh, the state attorney general, Tisha James. I mean, there need to be subpoenas. There need to be public hearings. There need to be uh, uh, a lot of things. And the Democrats in the uh, state legislature just won't let it happen. We're trying to do the old Cuomo two-step on this scandal. He deflated the numbers for political reasons. And we had his uh, spokesman last week say, oh, we just froze. Uh, d d uh, I can't think of her name. DeRosa? That's not good enough. We froze. And she apologized for making things difficult politically for Democrats, not for, she didn't apologize to the families who lost loved ones in, the, in, those, in those nursing homes. She apologized to fellow Democrats because things are a little sticky for them politically. That's how it works in Albany. And that's how it works in Washington, too, by the way. Let's see. Uh, I want to mention Donald Trump because he's scheduled to speak this week at CPAC. And I read today, I think I heard it on Newsmax, that if uh, Mike Pence speaks or appears at CPAC, that Donald Trump is not going to speak. I guess he and Pence were not on, on good terms for obvious reasons after the election. But then uh, I read somewhere else, another source said that the uh, two men had a phone conversation recently and things, they patched it up and, and they're on good terms. So uh, Trump is scheduled to speak at CPAC this week at some point. And I, I heard today that He's expected to announce that he is running uh, for president in 2024. Now, I read Ann Coulter's column this week. She says it's not going to happen. I think it was Coulter. Uh, but this is what I heard, that he's going to announce his candidacy. That'd be great. I mean, he'll be, he'll be 78 years old in 2024, but Joe Biden is 78 now. And he's got, you know, one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. I think Trump is a lot, in a lot better shape than Biden is uh Certainly today, and I think he'll be, but who knows? I mean, none of us is guaranteed tomorrow. But So I, th I hope Trump runs again. If he doesn't, I mean, uh, you know, I've read things that he's 
going to run and, and name uh, DeSantis, the governor of, of Florida, as his running mate in 2024, I think that'd be a good choice. I think DeSantis is a, a strong governor, and he's showing uh, what, a, what a red state governor can do during these uh, COVID times. We have, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I think, I think we're on the back nine, personally, from what I read. I think most Americans believe that the worst of this is over. But I think uh, DeSantis of Florida is doing well. They have a huge population, an elderly population, and their numbers compared to New York and California, a lot better in terms of uh, COVID uh, positivity rates. I want to just touch on if Donald Trump does decide to run, whether he runs or not, I think uh, Trumpism is here, at least for the foreseeable future, it's here to stay. Now, I've talked about this in a number of uh, prior shows. I want to, I can't I keep going back to the same themes, but I think the party is is evolving. It's Donald Trump's party. The energy uh, in the Republican Party is with the Trump people. And America First is not going away. And I think America First was a revolt against decades of failure by the, uh, the establishment GOP. We were, we were just led by a party of, of Mitt Romney's and, and John McCain's and Bob Dole's. God bless them. Bob Dole's like 120. And I guess he's got stage four lung cancer, Bob Dole. But I mean, that party is dead. So we need to get back and we need to, to uh, reelect, if not Trump, somebody who believes in America first. Since when is America first? I've heard this talked about too and read it in liberal circles. Somehow America first is racist. How is it racist to put your country ahead of the 189 other countries or however many there are in the, in the world? We want to put America first. Vladimir Putin puts Russia first. I can't think of the president of China. I want to say Deng Xiaoping, but he's long gone. Xi, President Xi puts China first. But somehow, if we, if we put America first, we're racist. Some good news to take away from the last election. I know uh, in the House, 14 Republicans were elected. I, we picked up 14 seats in the House. No blue wave. That wasn't even a blue trickle. Not even a ripple. 14 Republicans. We picked up 14 seats in the House. The Senate is going to be a little challenging in the next election cycle. But I mean, uh, minority voters voted Republican in unexpected numbers. I don't have the exact figures. I don't know how many blacks voted for Trump. I mean, he was polling pretty high right before the election. But GOP candidates did really well in House races. And now we know that a bunch more Republican senators would have voted to convict President Trump if they had not been so terrified of the wrath of the, the Trumpies, the Trumpists, the America Firsters. We want the National Party, the National GOP, to be afraid of us because they still, I won't say they hold all the levers of power, but there, there is a battle going on. And I think uh, if they're smart, they will not turn their backs on the people who voted for Donald Trump. He got almost 75 million people who voted for him. You know, here's a guy, I, President Trump, I, I can't figure out, I can't wrap my brain around what's happening to him. He's had his YouTube channel canceled, Pinterest, whatever that is, uh, all social media platforms, his uh, Twitter, and uh, maybe he got his Twitter back, I'm not sure. What's the other one? Uh, Instagram, he's on all of them. He had them canceled. His, his accounts were canceled. Why? He is a former president of the United States, and he's, more importantly, He's an American citizen. What has he done to deserve that? Well, we live in a cancel culture. And a lot of Republicans are saying it's a number one problem. 
we face here in America. Jim Jordan of Ohio said it's our biggest problem. We've all had it. He was on Fox recently. The death threats, uh, this cancel culture is dangerous. And we've got to push back. Republicans need to push back harder. And that's what I liked about Trump. And I still like about him. He fights back. He doesn't take the shots and just, you know, good naturedly just take them and, and, you know, like George Bush did for years, both Bushes, McCain, every Republican gets pounded in the media and they just say, oh, that's, that's how it is. Well, that's not how it has to be. Trump counterpunched. Sometimes he led. He punched back harder than he was punched. That's why the media hates him. On the cancer culture, uh, Alan Dershowitz, who's a lifelong Democrat, but uh, you know, I, the more I watch and listen to, to uh, Alan Dershowitz, the more I like him. He said, if any lawyer is the subject of this kind of McCarthyism, cancel culture, I will represent him pro bono. I'm going to dedicate myself to making sure that the new McCarthyism of the hard left does not become the American culture. The only form of tolerance you even hear about these days is zero tolerance. And Dershowitz said, look, try Googling it. You won't hear about anybody calling for tolerance unless they put a zero in front of it, like zero tolerance for people who don't wear a mask, zero tolerance for red light running, zero tolerance for a second grader pointing his finger like a gun. They're communists, these, these Democrats. They're trying to shut us down. And they're supposedly in love with diversity. They hate diversity. They hate diversity of thought. They're totalitarians. As the Front Page Magazine, one of their mantras is, David Horowitz uh, founded Front Page Magazine. I've had the, the good fortune of interviewing him several times. David Horowitz says, every progressive, inside the heart of every progressive, is a totalitarian screaming to get out. And that's accurate. Let's go on Facebook and put up a, a political view that's contrary to some, some liberals on Facebook. See what they do to you what they say about you and to you. They can't handle any divergence of, of thought or they can't handle anybody else's political opinion if it's different from their own. That's about going to do it to it. You know, keep America great. We are the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's because we've always had a fear of God. We feared God as a nation and God has blessed us abundantly. Somehow we've lost that fear, a lot of us. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, now's the time to do it. And uh, I'll tell you how the best way to do it is through Buzzsprout. Hands down the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players. You can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your show, tools to promote your episodes, and a lot more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world? All you have to do is follow the link in this show's notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they will give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, patriotic American citizen Ted Flint, sent you. Buzzsprout, the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. And if you want to access this show and all the fine shows on the BMG Network, go to the bmgnetwork.com. And if you can, uh, if you want to email me, you can do that directly. 
go to pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com. Again, all lowercase. And we'll uh, get in touch that way. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the good Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more information about the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. <laughs>